Raising some questions concerning God's plan for your life, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. So when we think of these questions, questions like, does God still speak to us today? Does God still speak to people today? Does God still speak to me today? Is God really interested in what happens to me and what happens in my life? Can I really know the will of God for my life? Does God really have a master plan that he's working out? Are there really works that God's created beforehand that I should walk in them? And you know, the answer to all those questions is yes, absolutely. This is amazing grace. What's involved in knowing God's plan? What can get in the way of it? We're about to find out on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We return to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 today. It will serve to help answer these critical questions surrounding God's will for our lives. What gets in the way may surprise you, but more than likely, it will challenge you. Here now is Pastor Ed to assist you in this endeavor, getting things started by reading these inspired verses. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Paul turns a corner here, doesn't he? Eleven chapters of doctrine we've studied. Great information about who God is. You'll miss the boat if you just take it in as information and go, well, I got a lot of information. I've been with you every study. I've gone through Romans together. Got a lot of head knowledge, but no, it's not head knowledge. For head knowledge's sake, God wants a relationship with you. That's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. Rise again the third day. He wants to engage you in relationship. But you know as well as I do, good relationships can only be based in truth. So for the first 11 chapters, that's what we learn in Romans, the truth about God, the truth about ourselves, how to have a relationship with God, how to live in the grace of God. After 11 chapters, it's almost like Paul says in chapter 12, listen, listen, I know you've learned a lot. I've known you stuck with me. Now, would you please, I beg you, put into action what you've learned. If there's one thing that Christians lack the most is putting into action, in obedience, what you already know. Listen, guys, we live in a generation that have access to information like no other generation ever in all of Christendom. We have more Bibles, we have more access, we have more Bible study tools, we have technology, we, we have in, in our sphere of influence, we have Bible studies regularly, home fellowship, kinship groups, you name it. We have just about as much information as we can handle. But see, the Bible is always reminding us it's not just for information's sake. God wants to transform you, change. And that's what verse 2 said, right? Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we say, yeah, Paul, I want to I follow you. 
And so he says, okay, here, here's some, here's some things to take in mind, keep in mind. Reject this world and its system. Don't live for it. I know you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And let the word of God wash your mind clean. Let it change you. Think differently because you have the mind of Christ now and receive his word and live for him. And so we want to know the will of God. The good news about the will of God is it's not hidden. God's not playing a hide-and-seek game with you and me. You know, it's not like, I want to know your will, God. And God says, okay, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. You're getting, oh, no, no. Oh, it's cold. Oh, you're getting colder. You know, God doesn't do that. He's not hiding his will for you. He's not, if you're a good little boy and you're a good little girl, I might reveal my will to you. No, but God, he's already revealed his will to us in so many different ways. The good news is, is it's not, God's not playing hide-and-seek with his will. And you know, what I found to be true, well, flip over to Psalm 32. What I found to be true is that God often wants us to know his will more than we really want to know it. Because here's how it goes, you know. You're asking God for his will in your life, and when you ask that question, you already have many times a sense of what the answer is going to be. You kind of already know what the answer is going to be, and the problem is, is you don't want to hear that answer. And so you sidestep that part of your life. You go, no, I don't know. I, I really want to know your will, Lord, but I don't want to hear that answer again. I want, well, it's in a way, isn't it? I want your will, God, to be my will. And then I'll be happy in prayer. And so it looks like, you know, we can see this all encompassing right here as we read this psalm together in Psalm 32. In verse 6 it says, For this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you. That's true. In a time when you may be found. And the good news is in Jesus Christ, he's always found. He'll be found by you. You seek him out, he'll be found. Surely in a flood of great waters. Now that's definitely a time when we cry out, isn't it? Great waters, floods of tribulation will cry out to him. He says, surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I love that. And then verse 8, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I'll guide you with my eye. That's God. He says, I'll teach you. You want to know? I'll teach you. You want to know? I'll instruct you. You want guidance? I'll give it to you. The problem is, verse 9, he says, don't be like the horse or like the mule. Don't be a donkey when it comes to the will of God. Now, what are donkeys known for? Yeah, you guys hit it just like the first service. Donkeys are stubborn. They're some of the hardest workers and stubborn. He says, don't be stubborn when it comes to the will of God. Don't be the kind of person that needs to be harnessed. Because that's what he says, notice. He says, don't be like the horse or the mule that have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bar. God doesn't want to harness you and pull you and drag you into his will. He wants to lead you by his Holy Spirit. But see, when you're and when I'm, when it happens that we're resistant and we're rebellious and we're stubborn, well, then God will harness you. And he will bring to pass his will. And he will get your attention. And he will allow things into your life to open your eyes to the reality of his presence in your life. But I'll tell you what, there's an easier way. You don't need to go that way. You don't need to be an old donkey when it comes to the things of the Lord. So be led by him. And so when we think of these questions, questions like, does God still speak to us today? 
Does God still speak to people today? Does God still speak to me today? Is God really interested in what happens to me and what happens in my life? Can I really know the will of God for my life? Does God really have a master plan that he's working out? Are there really works that God's created beforehand that I should walk in them? And you know, the answer to all those questions is yes, absolutely. And it's good news that we as believers are not victims of chance or of fate. Just kind of living life, hoping our luck doesn't run out, you know. Oh, I hope I got a lot of luck today. No, we serve a sovereign God who loves you, cares for you. A sovereign God that although we don't fully understand it right now, we don't fully see it, we serve a sovereign, loving, caring, graceful, compassionate God who works all things together for the good. Yeah, that's our God. I know you may not see it right now, but you will. It's God's promise to you that God is going to work that together somehow. I don't know how. I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. But I'll tell you what, you turn your eyes to him. He's going to work all things together in your life. And so we've spent the last six weeks looking at the will of God. How do I find the will of God? What is it about the will of God? God, how do you show me? What are the prerequisites? What are the pathways? What are some things I can do as a believer to find the will of God, the big picture of the will of God and the minute picture of the will of God. What decisions, where should I, where should I go to church, God? What, where should I live? How should I live? What is it about this situation? Should I stay at this job? Should I go to this school? Should I live over here? Should I get rid of, I mean, all these questions, does God even care? Yes, absolutely he cares. And he wants to lead us. And surely, Throughout our time in Romans chapter 12, just these first couple verses, many of you have probably come to the conclusion, you're like, okay, Ed, I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I've heard you for the last few weeks. I get it. I'm understanding it. But Ed, listen, listen, what I need, would you just please give me a formula? Just, Just lay it out for me. I mean, can you just put something in the bulletin? Give me six steps to follow to find the will of God. I'll follow them. If you put them in the bulletin, I'll follow them. Step one, step two, step three. I'll follow them. One, two, three, just like you tell me. Would you please give me a method? Give me a formula. Tell me how to do this. Lay it out for me. I tell you, if you gave that to me, I would follow it. I can't. I wish I could. But discovering the will of God is not a formula. There's not a method involved. I mean, let's say I did do that. Let's say that I did put, here's the six top things. We did a survey of 10,000 Christians. The six top things dun, 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 that they use to find the will of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you take it and you use it. You know what's going to happen? You're going to live by sight and not by faith. That's what's going to happen. You're going to live by the list and not by being led by the Holy Spirit. It's like, yeah, I feel comfortable. I've got the list. And then you're going to be paying attention to the list. Listen, I've been a believer for 17 years now, pastoring many of those years. You know what I've learned in the 17 years I've been saved? That God reveals his will to me as I trust him. I walk by faith. I trust God, and he tells me what to do. And he leads me and guides me. And today we're going to look at some ingredients that God has for revealing his will to us, But he wants you. You know, three times in the New Testament, the Bible says, the just shall live by lists. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't say that. The just shall live by... The just shall live by faith. You're right. 
They're right. I mean, we would much rather have God drop a phone book-sized book on our head from heaven. Lord, give me your... Oh, oh, what is this? It's the book of my life. Isn't it great? And you definitely want that book with a lot of pages, right? A lot of pages. I'm going to live for a long time. And you'll, God, give me your will for my life. I can take it. Give it to me in a book form. Send me a CD-ROM. I can put it on my computer. The problem with that is, is that if you did get that book, you know what you'd do? You'd go to the last few pages to see how it turns out. That's what you do. I wonder how this thing's going to turn out, man. I wonder how it's all going to end. And then you go back, you know, after you're done, whether you're happy or not with the ending of your life, you go back and there it is, page 852, trials and tribulations. And I can already hear the pages. Not going to be in my life. I don't want anything to do with trials. I don't want anything to do with tribulations. You see, we want this understanding of what God's will is in our life. We want it all laid out. I'm sorry, guys. Those of you that fill out five-year plans, I'm sorry. You might want to reconsider. Ten-year plans. You know, some, I've met people, and literally, I have met people that have their whole life planned out. All their retirement, what they're going to do, where they're going to live, how they're going to do it, step by step. Boom, 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 boom. And I say, what if that's not God's will for your life? Now, am I opposed to planning and order? Absolutely not. I don't think God is either. As he lays out for us the end of the age in Revelation and Daniel, he tells us how it's all going to end. It's not that God's against planning. But listen, some of you have written out your plans in like permanent marker. Like, nobody's changing this, man. You can erase it. You can, nobody's changing this. But we know what I've learned, this walk of faith. And, and by the way, I know I use some terms that might be new to you, like walk. And you think, what does that have to do with Christianity? When you hear the word walk, as Christians use that, what it really means is it refers to the manner of your life. So when you think of this walking with Jesus Christ, it has to do with your relationship with Jesus as a relationship with any other person. Your walk in life. And what I've learned over the years in my relationship with Jesus is that when I make plans, I need to write them down in pencil because I'm just not sure what God wants to do. You know, having the will of God is not like waking up in the morning and saying, well, I know what I'm going to do today. I've got this phone call. I've got six phone calls. Going to have a cup of coffee. Going to go run over here. Going to walk around the dog, walk the dog around the park. Going to go over here, go to work, tell this. i got this project, this thing. i got this at night. But listen... That may be what God has for you that day, or that very first phone call that you make changes everything. And you've got to put everything else on the back burner from your plans that day because God has something different for you. Some of you are so tied in and rigid in your plans and expectations that you've planned God out of your life. And I'd pray for you. Stop it. God wants to do something fresh in your life, something good, something wonderful. And if you're a planner, fantastic. God will use that. But don't plan God out of your life. Be open. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, whatever you have for me today, I'm open. I want to hear from you today. He's not playing hide and seek with us. Just being open to the leading of his spirit. And so let's go through a list. If you're taking notes today, let's go through a list of biblical things that will help you and me discern the will of God. Do you know when you ask the question, what is the will of God for our life? You know that the Bible in certain places absolutely unequivocally says, this is the will of God for your life. No questions. 
And I want to show you a few of them. And that by the time we end today, I want to show you just a passage of Scripture that will help you discern in the particulars of what you're going through, just to get you to that place where you'll step out in faith. So number one, if you're taking notes, how do I discern, how do I know the will of God? If I really want to know the will of God for my life, then number one, remember this is a list to guide. This is more of a list to guide than a list to follow. And so I just you kind of consider these things. Number one, be a believer. You want to know the will of God for your life? Then be a believer in Jesus Christ and live for him. Amen? It's true. Because listen, if you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and what what do you mean by that, Ed? I'll tell you. God created you in his image. Unfortunately, you and I, by the time we were born, we were born into sin. And sin, as ugly as it is, and as, as, as people don't want to talk about sin today, let me just tell you, sin has separated you from God, period. You go, all of us? Yes, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. See, in the presence of a perfect God, you know what he requires? Perfection. So the Bible says if you have sinned in one area of the law, you've broke them all. You're a lawbreaker. You don't have to break 10,000 laws to be a lawbreaker. You know how many laws you need to break? One. One time in any time in your life. But the reality is, is that we live life in sin far too much than we really want. The difference between people in this room, though, there's two categories of people. You know, there are people that have had their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the believer category. I always do this, right? I split the room like this is the believers. And that makes you guys the (laughs) believers. So don't take it personal. I'm just kind of illustrating here. So a believer is one. I'll do it this way. A believer is one who's trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of their souls. That God, he so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, his only son. Imagine you giving your only son, just in a human way, giving your only child for someone that doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, but knowing that when they see your love and compassion, that they'll come to you. See, Jesus lived and he died, and they thought it was all done when they put him in the tomb. You know, they sealed it up and go, ha, 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 we won. Jesus is dead. Not for long, because he rose again the third day. You know, Jesus is alive right now in this room through his Holy Spirit, speaking to all the individuals here. If you have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church, you'll hear it. If you as a believer, see, let's say, as an unbeliever now, because a person that hasn't received forgiveness of sin is an unbeliever. The Bible calls that person dead in their trespasses and sins. The Bible calls that person separated from God, separated from the commonwealth of God. The Bible calls a person apart from Jesus Christ lost. I bet you didn't even consider yourself lost. But you are spiritually. But you're in the right place because in just a few moments you're going to have an opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, to turn from them. See, if you're an unbeliever, let's say, you know, everybody cries out to God at one time or another. Even atheists, they cry out to God. When tough times come, you get to that place, you go, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. You know, for an unbeliever, you know what the answer from heaven is? I'll help you. Repent of your sin and believe in my son, Jesus Christ. And of course... Unless a person repents, he won't see the kingdom of God. And so in the answer to that prayer, it's like, no, no, God, that's not what I was asking for. What I really want is help here. I need you to rescue me again. And there's even those kind of things. Well, well, if you rescue me, I'll give you my life. I don't want your life. I want you to repent. I want your heart. And I'll make you have a life. I want your old life to die. And I'll give you a new life. See, if you're not a believer, there's only one will of God for you. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. You know what it says? That God's not willing that any should perish, 
but that all should come to repentance. You want to know God's will? Be a believer. Number two, you want to know the will of God for your life? Be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5, would you? It's all the way in the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. You want to know the will of God for your life? Then be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Don't be a fleshly person. Don't be a man, a woman that lives in their flesh, their old sinful habits, always controlling their life, not walking or living in the Spirit of God, but living for themselves. Look at verse 15 with me, would you? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. When you are looking for the will of God throughout the Scriptures, it can be found. Ephesians chapter 5, let me get there with you. Verse 15. See then, it says, that you walk circumspectly. Now when you're reading the Bible, sometimes you just kind of like, what in the world does that mean? And it might even discourage you from reading. Don't be discouraged. Circumspectly is a simple word. It means right, or rightly, or uprightly. So if you think of this verse, just say, make sure you're walking right. Walk the right way. Live the right way. Do the right things. Live and serve the right God. Live in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Very easy. He's telling the believers in Ephesus, hey, See that you walk right, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Amen to that. Buying back the time, not letting the world rip us off. Because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Did you hear that? Okay, Paul says this. You want to know what the will of God is? Okay, understand it. You ready? Here's understanding. Here's the understanding for the will of God. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be a drunkard. Don't get drunk. You want to know the will of God for your life? Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk. Don't get high. Don't even take those legal prescription drugs to try to hide from reality. Don't get drunk. Stop drinking. Be sober. You want to know the will of God for your life? Don't be drunk. Don't. Oh, Ed, that's not the will of God that I want to hear. Well, don't be drunk. Don't be drunk. We trust you'll accept the challenge to not settle for anything less than the will of God for your life. There's nothing better, and there's still much more to it, as we'll discover next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you enjoyed the content, why not share it with someone you know or give it another listen yourself at a later date? That's easy to do when you go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. I should also mention Abounding Grace is available by podcast and through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora. Pastor Ed, some of our listeners may not know this, but in addition to this radio program, you also have a podcast. It's called Lead to Serve. Can you give us an idea of the content and how it might be beneficial to our listeners? You know, Larry, last year we started a podcast here that we entitled Lead to Serve. It's available on all major podcast providers, and you just search my name, Ed Taylor, or the name Lead to Serve. It's all one word, L-E-A-D, the number two, serve. And for many years, I've had the opportunity uh, to serve with wonderful men and women here at Calvary Church. I've got a lot of friendships around the country, sometimes even around the world with pastors and church planters, and we, we talk ministry all the time. And it struck me that maybe there might be people 
uh, outside of the circle of friends and co-laborers and fellow servants that I know that would benefit from some of the discussions that we have and some of the topics that we talk about. So we started this podcast where uh, I just picture somebody sitting across the table from me and we talk ministry together. Like one of the episodes I did recently was the importance of leading yourself and how important it is to to take care of yourself first. The Bible gives the order, take heed to yourself and then to the flock of God. And as leaders, we get so caught up in uh, the things that are before us and the decisions that we made that we that we have to make that we forget that God is wanting us to lead ourselves and to take care of our own spiritual lives first. So I'd encourage you to subscribe to it. I know that the Lord will use it in your life. Uh, we, we have like a conversational way of communicating these key leadership principles that work anywhere, really. They're, they're across the board. The context really is the church, pastoral ministry, spiritual leadership, but the application can be spread to any area uh, from the CEO to starting your first job. God will use his wisdom and his word to help us serve him better. Fiverr. Again, that's lead to serve. Lead, the number two, serve. We'll pick up where we left off in Romans next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Be blessed. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 